Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we are celebrating the fifth anniversary of Sea of Thieves. It is on March 20th, and there is a whole lot to cover. We have the new season. There's patch notes. We have to cover our feelings on this. I've got a lot to talk about, and we don't have a whole lot of time. So let's get into it. But before I get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons because they're the ones that went over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast, just like you can to support this content and myself. The funds that they are providing are helping pay for the services that I use to produce this content as well as publish it out for you to be listening to. They're also helping support, make sure that I can go out to different festivals. I'm going to be going out to SOT Fest in England later this year. The funds from this are going to be paying for a lot of the, the costs that go into that and right now looking at ticket prices it's pretty darn expensive so i'm going to need that help also i'm going to be trying to go to e3 this year with luke lore from the xbox expansion pass we're going to be trying to go see if there's any kind of see of these coverage on top of regular xbox news so if you want to help support me in doing these things to bring more content for you so that it helps you throughout your work life throughout your uh doing chores at home or you're just driving and you're stuck in gridlock and this is helping you get through the day please consider supporting this content because it's the only way that i can continue doing this without having to dump a lot of my own personal money uh into it, it it's it, that still happens believe it or not i still i still have to pay for a lot of uh, the stuff that goes on with this but regardless the the patrons are doing a fantastic job of supporting me for the content that they appreciate and i want to call them out every episode because it really matters to me that they know that I listen and I pay attention and I care about their support. So thank you to People's Republic, Elcute, Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Hasco, Captain Hayes, Chateau Neuf, Super Pack, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mirror, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Godhammer 6, Trickster, Jabaro 5, Carl Embo, Kazia the Rogue, Nightstar, Lumpy SSQ, uh, Lumpy SRQ, sorry, Lumpy, <laughs> where I was getting the SSQ from, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Raja the Brave, Registella, Replicated Flame, Rust Belt Kid, Norwegian, Skamelt 666, Captain Dasm, That Kilted Guy, Tian Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Music Me, The Lore Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Heger Owl, Jeff H, Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam. Wow. Thank you all so much for your support. It means the world to me. It really does help. And every month, I love every episode, actually. I love calling out your names because I know you love it as well, too. Thank you. Let's get into the episode. First up on today's docket, let's talk about the time-sensitive content that you need to know about. First off, in 
the uh, game, you have to log into the game before you can, uh, or to get the illustrious legend figurehead. This disappears on the 22nd, and thanks to Godhammer6 for the shout out so that I remembered this. Um, and make sure that you're logging in so you can get that that uh, griffin holding the shield that has the five instead of the 35, which was the 35 years anniversary of, of Rare. This is the fifth year anniversary of Sea of Thieves, so they're reusing that and changing the number or taking away other numbers depending on how you want to look at it but regardless it is a cosmetic you have to log in to get also i hope you guys were paying attention to last week's episode because i told you about those omen ship twitch drops that i wanted to make sure that you all logged in this weekend to get it's rare that they ever give these away i think they've only given them away a few times in the past at most so hopefully you all got those uh, otherwise, there are a bunch of Emporium sales going on right now. So there's the uh, Reaper's Mark sales, which is not something that is typically in the Pirate Emporium. That's going to be sold uh, until the 28th of March. So make sure you're logging in to get that. Also, there's a big sale going on in uh, the, the Pirate Emporium. So pretty much all of the rare content, all of the the, the stuff that is being sold um, that is based off of rare IPs, uh, as well as the Disney content, all of the Pirates of the Pirates Life stuff, all of that is on sale. Uh, I went ahead and picked up um, the, oh, what is Davy Jones's ship called? Not the, no, what is that thing called? I can't remember what they call it in game. But anyway, um, the Flying Dutchman, for lack of a better whatever they call it in game, uh, that stuff is all on sale as well as the Black Pearl or uh, the Eternal Freedom, I think is what they call it in game. I, I feel like that's what they call it in there. But that's all going to be on sale for a while. So make sure you're heading over to the Pirate Emporium. And if you do so, uh, don't feel like you're going to be um, spending a lot of money that you may not uh, be able to make back because, again, this coming weekend, they're doing the community weekend in celebration of Sea of Thieves and the fifth anniversary. And there's going to be a lot of Ancient Skellies up for grab. They're boosting it. As soon as the community grade gets up to five on social media, they'll be uh, releasing the the wave of ancient skeletons. So uh, make sure that you're out there promoting Sea of Thieves con uh, community day. Uh, make sure that you're um, tagging people in photos and posts, uh, looking out for those hats, um, checking in on devs to see what they're doing as well, and sailing around to try and get those ancient skellies. That way you can re fill your wallet of ancient coins that you just ended up spending on all of these sales that are going on. Second on today's docket, I have to thank the Killhall Discord community members uh, for really saving my bacon today because, um, believe it or not, I waited to really work on my show notes. Um, I usually do this. I usually reserve Sunday for kind of my relaxing day to kind of sit down, play the game, get, you know, I've been playing all weekend, but uh, to kind of get my thoughts on how I feel about things, think about the, the actual episode, and then type up my notes and then get things squared away. Well, with patch notes, they typically come out and I sit on them and you know I read through them and then when I go to do my show notes uh, I typically sit down and just copy paste a lot of the stuff that's from there so I make sure that I read it verbatim so I don't mess up anything and I don't you know give bad information because that would really that would be a really sh uh, you know big bummer for me um, and unfortunately the Sea of Thieves website <laughs> seems to be having a little trouble uh, it started earlier today on Sunday and um, for a while it just wasn't loading and then for a while 
while, uh, you you were you couldn't even get any access to it from the Azure servers, and now they have a splash page that says that it's currently offline, and that if you want to support a, or raise a support ticket, you can't even do that. So I don't know if this is tied to something that was going on with them uh, changing things up for the fifth anniversary, or if someone managed to go in and somehow delete Sea of Thieves' website. Um, I really don't know what's going on. But I wanted to thank the community because uh, they were the ones that, that were able to find uh, where the patch notes were actually pulled into. And uh, shout out to Prima Games, um, who I don't know if they're associated with Prima Guides because that's what I, I know Prima from. But uh, if they're the ones that are doing guides, then that's amazing. Congrats to them because uh, they have the patch notes um, and they've actually got some pretty good news, too. I was kind of surprised that they have like pretty much all of the current news for most of the stuff that's going on like they've got the uh the new red falls trailer out here they've got the the destiny players paying tribute to the late lance reddick um which is a real bummer this weekend if you're a destiny fan we found out that the voices of Allah, uh he passed away at 60 of natural causes so that was a real bummer um, but the point of this was that prima games had actually pulled the season nine patch notes and had listed them out verbatim and i can tell because they're all still spelled uh with the english spelling so i know that they pulled pretty much everything and then just dumped it onto a site uh and i'm really glad that they did that because it was almost impossible for me to really know like for sure what was going to be going on uh with <laughs> with the see these patch notes without this so um thanks to prima games thanks to the community for knowing where to look um because i was not sure how i was going to be able to handle this but anyway that is uh the the next thing on the docket um just wanted to to thank you guys again for that because i would have been pretty lost on this as well too there's a lot that's going to be covered in this episode and there's a lot that i still haven't even gotten to really like dive into there's stuff that i still forget that is even in this that i'm like oh man i forgot to go check that out um so over the coming weeks I'll probably be talking about stuff that I like about this season as we kind of get deeper in and what's kind of sticking with me, but I've got some interesting thoughts that I wanted to talk about. So let's get into that. So uh, I forgot with the time sensitive stuff too. So I'll probably add this as the third item on today's docket. Uh, starting from Sea of Thieves special day on March 20th, you can stop at, uh, make a stop at the new Golden Sands outpost to find a very special wall set up just for the fifth anniversary pirate selfies. So uh, they're going to have a, a specific wall over at the new outpost um, that's going to be decked up so that if you want to get photos of your pirates doing selfies or emotes and stuff like that to commemorate the fifth anniversary, uh, this temporary fixture is going to be made in place so that you can go over and do that. Um, they didn't mention for how long, so I don't know if this is something that's going to last for the weekend. I don't know if it's something that's going to last for uh, the, the entirety of season nine. We really don't know, but um, once March 20th, comes out i would recommend in the in, in the those first couple days uh or at least in this first week because i think that the community weekend will probably be a good gauge that people will want to log in and they'll probably want to keep it up for that um but for sure in the next month i would or the next week i would say for sure the first week uh get in there with some friends if you want to get those photos to commemorate the fifth anniversary also on march 20th head over to the sea of thieves youtube channel to watch the sea of thieves voyage of a lifetime 
this is a feature length exploration of the game from its birth all the way to uh, or, or through to today. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. I've talked about it in the past. Uh, I think that it's going to be really awesome to see footage that we haven't seen in the past already. As someone who has completely digested all of the past videos from when the game was being uh, developed all the way up until launch, um, I can tell you that there is a lot of really good content and I'm very interested to see how much of that plus stuff we haven't seen they've pulled in as well as interviews with the devs and the community as well um, i think it's going to be a really awesome thing to check out so uh, don't forget about that sea of thieves is youtube channel to watch the sea of thieves voyage of a lifetime feature length exploration of the game's birth through to today uh, and then from march 25th to 27th those were the dates for the community weekend you have to use the promo uh hashtag sot anniversary promo to uh to promote the community emissary grade so not the sot community day that we have been using that's a correction from what i earlier said uh the in the episode hashtag sot anniversary promo that's the hashtag to use on social media all right so um what i wanted to kind of kick off the the next item on today's docket is kind of the theme of what's going on with this season uh because i feel like there's a, a bit of a, a conversation that's being had right now and i don't necessarily agree with it um well i agree with it but i don't see it being an issue uh and that's is cfes becoming too easy um, and a lot of this came down to the balancing of uh, world events, having to be able to, to kill world events rather quickly, having uh, you be able to move through those at a, at a regular click without the, the bullet sponginess that has been in the past. Um, and additionally, with the season pass, with the plunder pass, uh, currently I've been sailing um, since Thursday, almost every day since Thursday. And in the couple hour sessions that I've been doing solo, I've managed to get a few things uh, of the world events done. Um, and I've and I'm already up to about 50, 55, I think, on my plunder pass. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm close to like 50, 55, somewhere in that range. That range. I can't quite remember. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm barely a week into it, not even a week into it. And I know that a lot of people are already done for those that sail every day doing long sessions. Um, so the question comes down is, is, is the plunder pass too easy to be able to, to push through? And I do think that the season pass could do with a, a bit of a, a growth as far as how much experience is required to actually push through it. And the reason I say that is not because I, I feel like it's there's nothing to do once it's done, because I don't think anyone that is is concerned about the plunder pass actually cares uh, how long it takes to get done. Um, I think that they're they're looking at what the quote unquote seasonal content is. And when it's done, it doesn't feel like it was as uh, worthwhile. And I think that extending it a little bit more will just add that that kind of um, fake kind of feeling that that what you're doing is is getting that slow progression. There's that satisfaction of getting some something accomplished. Um, for some reason, that is it's, it, it is 100 percent a, a, a mental thing. It is something that people feel like they want to have when they're doing something. If they're getting it too easy, they don't feel like they worked for it. It doesn't feel like it has as much value. It is 100% the whole reason why souls-like games 
are uh, cherished so much because it is so hard to do those. And when you do, you feel like you've truly accomplished something because it was challenging. Uh, and when people aren't challenged, they don't feel like the content is is valuable. So um, it is a hundred percent a mental thing. Once you once you look over that that thing, um, you can then try to decide like where do you find your value in in content like do you find value just by playing the game spending time with your friends the actual content itself like if if that's what it is then i can understand why you feel like you want to have more to do throughout the sea of thieves which is why i think that it would be nice to have the season pass last a little bit longer i'd say at least for the first month um i know that with for example destiny which is probably the closest comparison maybe Fortnite or um halo 3 or not halo 3 halo infinite uh those are the the three other games that i i play for the season pass for the most part um destiny being the main one i know that i am let's see it's been about a month and i'm about 50 to 60 levels into the season pass i'm getting close to finishing it out and i've and i've put in over 70 hours in the game since uh since the expansion came out so i would say that I've put a lot of time into it and I'm not quite done and I know I'll be able to get it done by the end of the season, um, but I can kind of take my foot off the gas for now. I feel like I can play it a lot more casually now that season nine is out for Sea of Thieves uh, and come back to it and still be able to progress at a decent click. Uh, with Fortnite, for example, where I haven't been playing nearly as much uh, and it's only maybe about a week or two old. Um, I'm in the early teens. I don't even think I'm into the 20s as far as the season pass goes for Fortnite. Uh, and that's one that feels fairly relaxed as well, too. Like you've got quests that you can go do. But if you're playing matches and you're getting wins, um, you're still managing to uh, get a fair amount of experience, uh, at least a couple levels per match um, if you last to the end, which we typically do. So I would say that, yeah, um, season nine's progression through the the uh uh different trials and deeds and the renown um the plunder pass i think it could most definitely use uh, a little bit of a buff and see if they can make that a little bit longer uh, i've heard from a couple of people that that is something that is known that they're working on that they're not quite sure how to get it fixed um but they're working to try and figure out like how to get that fixed um so i'm not entirely sure like what's going on with that uh but it is it is interesting to think about you know should this be something that feels like more of a grind because i actually really appreciate the fact that sea of thieves season pass not only is the free tier something that is uh the most worthwhile compared to what you're getting in the plunder pass but it's also the easiest to obtain so it really does kind of uh cater to the casuals because I think that that's who you want in the game. Um, you want to have people that are enjoying themselves and casually playing. Uh, there's always going to be the diehards out there that make this their main game. Um, but they will always find something to do, even if it's not driving to a specific plunder pass goal. Like if, if you're not trying to grind levels in your season pass, that's not going to stop you from playing season nine, I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anyone's going to stop playing once they hit 100 um, if it's their main game. One of the other things that I wanted to touch on when I thought of like, is season is season nine making Sea of Thieves too easy? Uh, I challenged myself to try something to see if it was 
achievable. Um, and because I, I wanted to see if the balance in the game was as easy as, as it's being made out to be. So I gave myself a challenge and the challenge was I wanted to complete a skeleton fort, not a fort of fortune, not a fort of the damned, just a standard skeleton fort. Uh, that's got one skeleton lord in it and uh, two, an ashen guardian and an ashen captain, I think is what they are. I think they, they've done away with the captain waves. Um, but I wanted to complete one of those on my own, but not like just, you know, on my own. Normally I could do that any day, but I wanted to see if I could do it using touch controls on my phone. And that was the interesting thing. That was the thing that made me wonder if Sea of Thieves is too easy because I managed to get all the way to the Duchess. And the biggest trouble that I ran into with um, playing with touch controls wasn't necessarily that I was using touch controls. Um, it was actually the fact that for whatever reason, uh, my internet, uh, my Wi-Fi was causing me to disconnect and have to reconnect while streaming on my phone. Um, I eventually kind of figured it out, but by the time... I had gotten it worked out and was trying touch controls. I just couldn't find a regular uh, skeleton fort on any of the servers that I hopped onto and I got tired of trying. So I went and did something else um, on my computer or on my PC. It just kind of went back to normal gameplay. But I managed to get all the way up to the Duchess. And it was a real bummer because I still need to kill the Duchess a couple more times. And uh, one of the times that she had killed me um, which I wasn't too worried about. I think all in all, it was it had taken me about a half hour to, to do, and I died five times. Each time was due to me disconnecting and getting killed by skellies. Um, but the fifth time, I was killed by the Duchess. I went to the ferry. I came back from the ferry, and I could, I could hear my ship getting attacked from a skeleton. And I knew that the cannons on the, uh, the, the fort towers were dis, disengaged. Like, they've, they've stopped those once there's been a player. And until all ships leave the skeleton fort, uh, those skellies won't respawn. They'll go away as soon as you get there, right? So I knew it had to have been another ship. Um, the cannon fire came in. I ended up dying uh, before I could really do anything. And I disconnected uh, as I was dying. So by the time I had reconnected, um, I was already on the ferry and I was waiting to load in uh, to my ship. So I got onto my ship. Uh, I spawned pretty close by. But by the time I'd gotten back sailing, they had taken down the, the Duchess and gotten the skeleton fort. It was kind of my fault for uh, going for a skeleton fort that was right next to an active fort of the damned because the fort of the damned, I'm assuming, had already had people on it or drew attention to uh, the fact that the skeleton fort was right next to it. Um, so had I not dealt with another crew, I most definitely feel like uh, I within another 15 minutes, I probably could have completed that skeleton fort purely be purely using touch controls um on my phone uh and and that kind of speaks to two things one i'm either uh a lot better with touch controls than i give myself credit for uh or two sea of thieves is catering to try and get anyone which is pr pretty pretty fair statement to say um based on microsoft's kind of mandate that they want to get as many people invested in the ecosystem through any screen that they use uh that that you know if you're going for anyone that that you can you want to make the content accessible to them 
So if I can complete a skeleton fort with touch controls on an iPhone 11 on Wi-Fi, uh, sans disconnect issues, because I think if, if that hadn't been the case, I probably would have gotten it done a lot sooner. I was actually surviving fairly well um, on my own when I wasn't uh, running into disconnects. But it is most definitely something to think about because now with season nine, uh, I would say that single player content is there. Like they've done it, like everything that I've done so far. And keep in mind, I've done everything except for a Fort of the Damned, um, a Fort of Fortune and a Kraken. But a Kraken's easy. We already know the Kraken's easy. I think I've done everything world event wise. Um... Oh no, I haven't done a I haven't done a Skelly Fleet yet. That's that's the one thing I haven't done yet that uh is is still on the seas. I've done a ghost fleet. I've done two ashen winds now. I think I've done two ashen winds. I've done the skeleton fort for the most part, uh sans disconnects. Um and and every single one of them has not taken a whole lot of time. Like maybe a half hour when you're solo, if you're trying to stay alive and not just go to the ferry and come right back. Um, but for the most part, I've been able to complete each one without too much trouble. Now, bear in mind, I'm also, you know, day one pirate beta, beta player. So I know, you know, how to run a sloop fairly well. I, I can tell how many hits I, I can take. I know when to pull away. I know how to uh, aim really well. So for me, it's going to be pretty easy to really chew into all of these different world events and feel like I can handle myself without being completely overwhelmed or burdened by the fact that they were just insane bullet sponges to begin with. And because of that, I've been a lot more interested in working on some of those world events, like having the opportunity to go do an Ashen Winds when I have four more skeleton ships to burn is something that I could feasibly do without forcing other people's hand to try and help me out with it. And that right there makes me feel like commendations that are tied to world events are far more accessible to a player who doesn't have a crew to sail with them all the time. No longer do I feel relegated to just doing simple voyages or just completing sea forts or fishing now I feel like I can actually go do some fun stuff. I can actually engage with the world events and not have to spend an hour constantly running from the ferry back to the boss just to try and deal with a bullet sponge that I have no actual gauge on how much damage I have to put in there. You know, bubble wands were kind of the godsend for most of this stuff. You know, you got a bunch of bubble wands. You went over, you used them. It was a much easier time dealing with Ashen Winds uh, or, or Skeleton Forts, things like that, when you had the, the Tridents, right? Um, which really was nice if you wanted to go hunt those down. But, you know, most of us usually had to go f like clean out a treasury to be able to go get enough to be able to handle that. And the time it took to do that was really cutting into the gameplay time. Like how much time do you really, really, really want to spend prepping just for a world event? Like is the world event even going to be up by the time you've got enough stuff to be able to handle it solo? And this removes that barrier of entry. And I think it was one of the smartest moves that Rare could have done. No longer do I have to sit there and really tell people like, Sea of Thieves is a great game, but... Now I can just tell them Sea of Thieves is a great game. And I don't have to sit there and caveat it with, 
Well, it's better if you have a crew because they can teach you what to do and they can help you get into bigger content and they can help you run through things and you get an understanding. Now I can just say, hey, go play Sea of Thieves. All the content scales to you being solo. Go be stupid. Have fun. Do whatever you want to do. It's not going to take a lot of time to get back from the ferry. If your ship sinks, you can sail right back. The content's going to be scaled to how many players are on the ship at the time. So don't worry. You can have fun and you don't need a full crew to do it. And it really does kind of feel good. If I'm being perfectly honest, it feels great to be able to go and take down an Ashen Winds in a half hour without any bubble wands, without any preparation, just lift anchor, drop sails, and sail out to the giant tornado out there and just get it done. There's usually a rowboat on the island that there's on. There's plenty of fruit in those uh, those areas for you to be able to pull from the barrels like they've done it. Like they finally thought about how hard things have been for solo players. And usually most people have just said, well, solo play is hardcore mode. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, but you know what? I'm, I'm playing at like three in the morning, my time, Pacific Coast. There's no one on. I just want to hop on and do some, some stupid stuff for a little bit and just have some fun for a little bit. I don't necessarily want to like engage with everyone to think about like, okay, well, whose commendations, whose ledgers are we working on? I just want to hop on and do something. And that's what Seaforts really did for me. That's why I have a sloop called the Seafort Inspector, because that ship was my log on, go do a Seafort, kill some stuff, get some treasure and log out in an hour. And I really love that play. I love dropping in for a cash session on Sea of Thieves. It's really fun. The six hour voyages are great when you have friends to sit down and chat with. But when I'm solo, I love spending an hour in a game. I do this with other games too. I'll do this with Destiny. I'll do this with Heroes of Storm. Those are like my go-to ones. I'll drop in. I'll do a couple strikes. Uh, I'll, I'll do a couple quick matches. And then I'm good. I get that fix and I'm out. And I can go move on to something else. I feel like I've I've gotten some playtime in. I feel like I've justified having consoles, having video games to play. And season nine has alleviated so much for me with the quality of life that they've done that I really have to say that this being the Shrouded Spoils 2.0, I kind of hope that this becomes an annual tradition. I hope that this season before the anniversary update becomes the season of quality of life. So let's get into some of the other stuff that's going on with life uh, on Sea of Thieves. Ahoy there, pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any two VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means the world to me and i continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you with that pirates let's get back to the show
thinking back to season eight um and thinking about season nine i wanted to talk a little bit about life on the seas um with the addition of a sixth ship back on the seas and world events being completed by just about anyone uh it's it's been beautiful to see so much activity in adventure um season eight gave arena players the clout chasers whatever you want to call them a, a destination where uh while many others just kind of uh, had had just kind of engaged with it to complete the content for the sake of the new curses and to go check out the new areas to visit um, but truth be told it removed a lot of the engagement in adventure Almost every level 1 Reaper dis disappeared shortly after appearing on the map, and most fans of the PvE didn't feel too threatened because most of the people looking for a fight almost uh, a year after Arena had been shut down were now being able to have that outlet for their bloodthirsty nature. And with a new chest and a new added drive to work for forts thanks to the ease of access and cosmetics to boot, uh, Sea of Thieves Adventure Mode is thriving with fights at forts that are uh, akin to the old skeleton fort days. Um, thievery is back in fashion so that you can get new fashion items at the local shops, and I absolutely love it. Uh, it's great to see that season nine is focusing so much more on quality of life because what that does is it drives people to do what's in the world already it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's new to the game it just has to be something that alleviates the issues that pirates have that push them away from the game and seeing this update showcases just how important it is to understand where the pain points are in development and that it, it's always nice to have really nice big flashy content updates that push the world forward and allow players to really enjoy the lore aspect of it um, that bring new tools to the to the to the playground so you can kind of play around with the different tools um, in your in your piracy you know in your pirate game um, but at the end of the day I really do feel like quality of life changes things that improve the the day-to-day -day, the the session to session are the things that people are going to remember the most when it comes to seasons and I think season nine is a perfect way for them to kick off their new digital deluxe edition Sea of Thieves 2023 the fifth anniversary of Sea of Thieves I really do think they should have called it um fifth anniversary because I think that that kind of feels better but they went with 2023 um it, everyone's been updated to the 2023 edition after coming in with the new update uh, but they are selling a new digital deluxe edition um, I kid you not they're selling a new version of Sea of Thieves that is the digital deluxe version um I I kind of wish I wouldn't I don't know that I would have because I still haven't picked up the anniversary edition um but I do kind of wish that they had done a physical edition with like new box art because if I'm being honest, I really do love the, <laughs> love the box art stuff of this. Um, but they have a new digital deluxe edition. Uh, it is $50 if you don't have Game Pass. It's $40 if you do have 
game pass um, and if you pick this up you get a whole bunch of stuff with it so um, with the celebration of five years in sea of thieves uh, this special edition which includes a copy of the game with all the permanent content added since la launch uh, plus a wide-ranging assortment of extra cosmetics and collector's items um, in addition to that you'll also get the hunter cutlass the hunter pistol the hunter or no the the I said Cutlass, didn't I? I think I said Cutlass. But you get the, the Cutlass, the pistol, the compass, the hat, the jacket, the hunter sails, and 10,000 gold. Uh, this edition of the game comes with a, a further deluxe bundle containing the Black Phoenix figurehead, the Black Phoenix sails, the crab dab emote, the deck hide emote, and 550 ancient coins for use in the pirate emporium, which is roughly about enough to get one costume or like a weapon bundle set or like an emote set. Uh, you're still shy about 2,000 ancient coins to be able to get like a full, full on like ship livery set. Uh, but you can definitely do a fair amount of purchasing in the pirate emporium with the 550 ancient coins and on top of that just to kind of let everyone know uh there are new bundles there's the striking striking serpent bundle that's available now um i think it's like 16 bucks if uh if you have game pass um a little or if you don't have game pass i think it's a little bit less if you do uh but that one comes with the uh, sea serpent costume the weapon bundle that is also the sea serpent uh, weapon bundle the lantern along with 550 ancient coins uh, and 25,000 gold um, which is pretty good you know you can do a fair amount with that so that's something that's available right now as well um, there's also the plunder pass too if you want to get the uh, the jellyfish no it's not jellyfish what do they call it the sting tide ship set as well as the uh, the costume that has uh, the nice little emotes with it as well too. Um, so that's available uh, with the season and the plunder pass. There's uh, 750 uh, ancient coins to be able to earn through the actual season pass, as well as the 250 ancient coins that are earnable through the regular seasonal free section of it. So a total of uh, 1,000 um, ancient coins it covers the cost of the season pass as well too. So just kind of bear in mind um, that you'll get your money back if you put it in there and you complete it, which as I just earlier mentioned in the episode, not too hard. So fairly easy. I like that. The, I like the season passes that pay for themselves. I appreciate that because it shows a commitment to uh, getting it in there and doing it. If you don't do it, then you're missing out on the ancient coins, which is, you know, that's on you. You got to make sure that you're doing it if you're going to buy it. And again, you don't have to buy it to start it. You can play through as much of the game as you want. And up until the very last moment of season nine, you can hold off on purchasing the Plunder Pass. And at the very end, if you decide that you want to get it, boom, just buy it at the very end and you're good. You don't have to worry about it and you'll get all those ancient coins back. Um, I'm trying to think if that was it as far as how I, I think that was it as far as how I felt about Sea of Thieves. I really love how this season has turned out. It's exactly what I want. It, it, it takes care of a lot of the things that I, I've been very curious to see, like, will they address ever? Um, and knowing that all of the work that they're doing is to try and enrich adventure really does just make me happy because I really think that this is something that needs to kind of come around every year 
every fourth season let's just let's just lock it in right now the season before anniversary that fourth season of the year let's just make that a quality of life freshen up the game season like get back to basics fix some of the stuff that is still pain points like 100 being honest here i still really want like air bubbles and shipwrecks like that is still most definitely a thing that i want to see come to the the game um so things like that you know let's let's work on those let's work on some fun quality of life stuff um i think it's about time we get into the patch notes proper though what do you guys think let's do it so i don't think i'm gonna go through these bullet point by bullet point because there's a lot if we're, if we're being honest here but there is still a lot that i want to cover because i think a lot of these features are extremely worth talking about um and i'm sure we'll probably talk a lot about these uh in the upcoming gold hoarder episode which is next week um which if if gold hoarders if you're listening to this start picking out some of your favorite things that have come to the season because i want you to tell me why it's the best compared to everyone else's and you can't all just pick harpoon okay um but going through the patch notes starting off with my notes and then i'll dig through the actual patch notes from prima games uh to see whether or not i'm missing something uh, down the hatch. This is a free emote that is available on the Pirate Emporium. Make sure you're reminding yourself to go get it. Free emote. Go get the free emote. Uh, the other stuff that I wanted to talk about, kicking it off, there's the new captaincy voyages um, that came in. There's the, the bomb one that is like the powder keg one. There's the cursed chests one. And then there's the skull of destiny one. Um, the skull of destiny one is interesting because you get the skull and the skull, you can change what color the skull has to deal with the skeletons that pop up. And then you take it over to the fort of the dam. You light all the different beacons using the different flame colors from that skull. And then you use the skull itself as the ritual thing. Very clever. Appreciate the heck out of that. I'm at 20 out of 50, I think, right now. I think I'm at 20 out of 50, four of the damned completions. I didn't like how bullet spongy it was, if I'm being 100% honest. Um, but I And I also don't like the fact that it throws a giant skull in the cloud that is like a big, like, hey, come check me out thing, because I know people are going to go check it out, because everyone's trying to get those Reaper bounty chests uh, right now. And in fact, <laughs> funny enough, the beacon that appears on the Reaper bounties and the Reaper chests, um, people cannot tell... Uh, if those are actually moving or not, they actually still have to go to the map to actually check and see if those beacons are moving uh, through the world. And I know because I've already turned in three of them and every single time I've done it, there's been ships around and they have not come after me. And I don't know if it's because they don't care about the turn-ins for the weapons for the, uh, the, the ship of destiny or the weapons of destiny cosmetics. But um, yeah, I've, I've grabbed three from shipwrecks uh, in the time that I've been sailing. And each one has just been like, oh, hey, there's a beacon. Let me go get it. And I go get it and I turn it in. No qualms. Yet people are fighting over uh, Fort of the Damned for those two chests. Like, like it's, it's like liver, like their life depends on it. Like if they don't get those chests, God forbid something happened to them because they would never live with themselves. Um, if they lost out on it. So very funny. I don't know. Maybe it's just the PvP they're going in for. It could be the Ashen or it could be the um what do they call it? Chest of Legends. Could be the Chest of Legends. I don't know. Uh, but no one's going for those beacons. And I don't know why, because those still count. Um, but I wanted to talk about the captaincy voyages. 
because uh, I did one for the most part. I didn't finish it because uh, I just I flat out ran out of time. There was a lot going on this weekend that I didn't uh, get a chance to run one of those fully. Um, but I spent 75 doubloons on the Cursed Chests one. And um, I got to check out the new Sorrow Chest, the Eternal Sorrow Chest, right? And uh, I got one. I turned it in. There happened to be a harpoon, or not a harpoon, a uh, rowboat that was on the island that I dug it up on. And... When I threw down the voyage, each the compass took me to an island that was right next to, it was like one island away from uh, the starting point that I threw it down at. And it just kind of went in a big circle as I was going around from different island to island to pick up different chests. There was one chest per island uh, and each chest was one of the different cursed ones. The first one that I got happened to be the Eternal Sorrow. So I went and turned that one in and got 6,750 gold for it. Um, so I wanted to kind of think about that because for 75 doubloons, that's a, a fair amount of gifts to turn in to try and get 75 doubloons. Even if you're turning in a Reaper chest, that's three Reapers chest uh, for 6K. And I know that a Reaper bounty, I, oh man, I think that is still worth 10,000. I don't think it's still worth I think it used to be 20,000. All right, I looked up uh, the Reaper's Bounty. It is 10,000. I could have swore it used to be more back in the day. I think they nerfed it, but I don't know that this, this new chest is really going to be worth it, though, um, especially given that they haven't really introduced any new commendations to tied to it uh, for turn-ins. So I don't know, unless you're shooting for rage chests or drunken chests, um, I, or just the chest of sorrow. Those are kind of the main ones, I guess. Uh, I don't really know if this eternal chest of sorrow uh, is really going to be worth it. I like that they added it. Uh, added it. That's a weird. Uh, I like that they added it to the game, but I don't think that it's uh, really worth it. Um, of the four islands I I went to, I got one eternal sorrows, uh, two rage chests, and a drunken chests. And to be honest, though, given that there's one per island, this really will just be for commendation hunters. Um, this is really just a way, kind of like how we have the Ashen Key voyages and the Ashen Chest voyages through, um, yeah, Lorena. Uh, I I think that this is something that will be just for the folks that are tired of trying to hunt down those specific cursed chests. Because uh, otherwise, I don't know why you would need these. Um, they're fun for certain things, but for all intents and purposes, it's not worth the the doubloons, in my opinion. You're much better off holding off uh, getting the Athena kegs from the, the Mega Keg one, because uh, I think that one's 50 doubloons. No, I think it's 25 doubloons, which is more worth it than, in my opinion, than the 75 for this one. So it was a nice little, little, little sea of science that I got to do with that. Um, next up, I wanted to talk about collector's chests because I think those are fantastic. I really do. Um, being able to sell everything in a chest without selling the actual chest or opening the chest up, period, is fantastic um it's a little a little kind of mind-breaking when you do it the first time and you're like okay did it actually sell everything and then you see the gold pop up and you're like oh it did um i need to do further research on this but i'm pretty sure that if you grab a collector's chest that you find randomly on an island they typically have gold inside i think if you claim that and you turn it into the sovereigns 
uh, or you turn it into the gold orders. If you if you don't open it up and get the gold, I think you still get credit for the gold because um, I remember turning one in that had three chests in it and I didn't grab the gold in there yet um, or three chests. It had three uh, skulls items in it. And um, I remember getting a small amount of gold on top of the three dings that I got for it. So I think that's how that works, um, which I think is really smart. Um, what else? Music hit audio. Uh, the music hit when you you hit a ship with something, you get that little little uh, little musical notes that pop. Um, that is now at a hundred percent. That will stay there for the rest of time. Um, that will never get lowered because I always want to hear those. Uh, and and bait crates. I found out. Um, we talked a little bit about it last month. Uh, those, as far as I've been told, have 150 bait in them for 5,000 gold. Uh, you can sell them in, and you won't get nearly as much as, as you got for them, uh, but you can sell those. Um, but 150 bait, I think, is 50 bait each for each different uh, type of, of bait that we have, the grubs, the earthworms, and the leeches. Really good, man. Like One of those should set you straight for... A hot minute because man um i think you'd be good on that one also fun tip uh if you happen to be at an outpost uh you can buy one of those you can stash it somewhere and if there's a skeleton fleet up if you go down into the pirate legend tavern you can fish for a uh, battle gill and uh, you get five six battle gill uh, you go back up out of the uh, pirate legend tavern and you go find your stashed crate of bait. You grab more bait. You uh, cook the fish that you that you just caught, and then you go turn it into the sovereigns. And uh, you know, bada bing, bada boom, you got your battle gills, and you didn't ever have to leave the outpost. Kind of fantastic. Um, speaking of fantastic, let's talk about harpoons. Uh, harpoons are uh, just. It, it, I don't know how we never. It feels weird to not grab stuff off the harpoon anymore, but I am never going to complain about that. I am never, you will never hear me complain. If you, if I ever, call me out, if you ever hear me complain about the fact that harpoons require people to take stuff off of it, because having the harpoons work so that as soon as you grab something, it drops it on the deck has just absolutely changed my life uh, when it comes to scooping up treasure after a megalodon or a skeleton ship just immediately harpooning everything as fast as i can it's so amazing it's fantastic you can now harpoon kegs you can harpoon as many kegs as you want because they're never going to hit the ship anymore well i don't say i don't want to say never because who knows there might be a patch that that breaks that but for all intents purposes you can harpoon kegs safely knowing that as soon as it hits the end of the harpoon, it's going to load onto your ship, onto your dock, and then you can do whatever you want with them. But, oh man, not having to harpoon a keg or, or worry about harpooning a keg out of a, out of a, um, a flotsam, one of the uh, seas of plenty uh, or barrels of plenty that you find out in the water uh, with the seagulls and stuff, um, not having to accidentally worry about harpooning a keg and then figuring out how to deal with that so that you don't accidentally blow up your ship is just, um, it's just absolutely amazing. And the, the harpoon rowboats work exactly how you would expect. You harpoon it, it shows up right in the middle of the, the, the rowboat, just like if you dropped it there yourself. The sovereign 
harpoons over on the outposts work exactly as you would hope that they work you harpoon something and as soon as you harpoon it it lands on the little uh elevator doesn't matter if the elevator's up or down but it's usually going to be down so you have the better angle but it immediately drops and it has three little piles that it drops on there i hope this never breaks because it will be the death of most players who have to deal with a harpoon because this thing works the way you hope it works and it just alleviates so much stress and you can just it's it's just nice it's nice it's so nice they they've seen what people do with the sovereigns they took a look at how they work for players and they just incorporated all of that information into a fantastic update for harpoons and i kid you not i mentioned it like two episodes ago i think that will be the feature everyone remembers about season nine was season nine was the the season where we got the quality of life update that gave us the automatic harpooning of items that we didn't have to pull stuff off the end of the harpoon and i just i i think that was one of the biggest things that just no one expected and to try and play the game without it would probably hurt a lot of people who would probably be very very painful I'm going to have to really uh, kick this into to third gear, I think, because I'm looking at the clock on how much I've recorded and I'm looking at my notes and thinking I've barely touched anything. So I'm going to start shot, shotgunning a lot of these uh, updates because I've covered most of the big stuff, I think, for the most part of the stuff that I wanted to touch on um, to get into other stuff ship scuttling there's two options now there's the normal way that you can do it that is currently have a weird it has a weird bug on the the way that it looks it just says crew management dot scuttle dot vote that is the old scuttle i know it's ugly looking right now and it doesn't just say scuttle ship that is the the traditional scuttle if you want to stay on the server there's an additional way that you can scuttle your ship which you still need crew members to be able to sign off on um, that will then push you to a different server. So if you're being, if you're being camped or if you're being griefed by a crew and you want to scuttle, you can then scuttle and it will push your crew and your ship to another server. The way that the, um, the defeats in uh, the, the battle for sea of thieves season eight worked, which really brilliant way. I love the, I love them doing that. I'm, I'm happy that they gave us, options because i would have hated it for uh, you to only be able to scuttle your ship and move to a different seas i would much rather be able to scuttle my ship stay on the server and do something else without having my ship just lingering there as an eyesight on the horizon that was going to draw attention to people especially if i'm doing my bait thing uh selling tridents of dark tides which i think everyone forgot the name of Everyone just calls them bubble sticks or uh, bubble wands or Disney sticks. Um, crews can now cash these in. Uh, you can turn them into the Merchant Alliance, the Sovereigns, or the Hunter's Call uh, representatives in return for gold and seasonal renown. If you're curious how much they sell for, 150 gold. I did the science for you. Uh, brightness and contrast settings. Within the video settings menu, players can now use sliders to increase or decrease the brightness and contrast of the game to further customize their Sea of Thieves experience. This has been one of those things where everyone is like, the game is too dark. And my response was always, you have a lantern. And people are like, I don't want to use a lantern. I just want to be able to see in the dark. Okay, you got your thing now. You don't have to pull out the lantern. We get it. Uh, disabling trinket and sitting positions. 
Oh, oh, this, this right here. This was the thing that pain, that was the pain in, in Captains of Adventure for season seven. Disabling trinket and sitting points. Players can now choose to reduce the interaction points found around a ship. Interaction points for sitting locations and areas for placing trinkets can now be disabled independently via the input settings menu. Oh, I love this one. I love this. In fact, I love it so much that I got annoyed when I saw an interaction point on my ship after I'd already turned the settings on. And I thought that the game had basically said like, oh, we forgot what your setting was. And then I went up to it and I was like, why can I interact with you? And I saw that it said adjust. And I and I had to take myself, I had to step back and I literally was like, Oh, oh, I just have to adjust it and it goes away again. Okay, I, I can live with that. So I'm really happy to see that they've given us a trinket uh, or not a trinket and yeah, a trinket in the sitting uh, toggle for the interaction points because man, accidentally opening something, I have the same issue with, uh, with uh, uh, backpacks on top deck. Doesn't matter what kind of backpack it is. Could be a cannonball crate, could be a wood plank crate, uh, could be a bait crate. But the Y button to open those up is also the, the button that I use to switch weapons. And running around top deck and accidentally opening crates when I'm trying to switch to a weapon is one of my pet peeves. And I will start throwing stuff over the side of the ship if people have too many of those crates sitting on top deck, especially on a sloop. I will get annoyed and I will start throwing stuff overboard if I accidentally open up a stupid crate to try and swap my weapons and I and I lose out on on being able to shoot something. That's it's just it's gonna happen. So be forewarned if you ever sail with me. Um barrels of plenty balancing. The number of floating barrels that appear in a group has now been reduced. However, the likelihood of finding rare items in these barrels has been increased. I kind of like that. Chest of Sorrow Balancing Crews recovering a chest of sorrow during their journey will now find that the weeping fills the ship at a much slower rate. Again, this just goes back to the fact that weeping chests are crybabies, that we're tired of them constantly filling up the boat. And if you're on a sloop, man, it doesn't take much to get rid of the water, but boy, you got to babysit that thing. Uh, skeleton form balancing. This was only uh, attacking one thing, but I thought it was kind of interesting. When protected by the metal casing, gold skeletons, or uh, goldies as most people call them, will now take reduced damage from the blunderbuss and flintlock shots. Not the eye of reach. Weakened uh, or weaken them from water before attacking. Again, if you guys don't know, um, shadow skellies you obviously have to pull up a lantern to be able to get them to be vulnerable. That's a very hard, easy thing to overcome. A lot of people don't know gold skellies are susceptible to water unless you do them near water where you can see them kind of like cricking and clanking like they're rusted. The next thing I want to talk about, Gold Hoarder Cosmetics. Loyal followers of the Gold Hoarders can now find a range of clothing, weapons, and equipment in stock at outposts to help them complete the Gold Hoarder set. Oh, these are pretty. They're pretty expensive. These things have got to be the new Dark Adventure set. It's been a hot minute since we've had the Dark Adventurer set, and those were a pretty big gold sink for the game for a lot of people with both the livery set as well as the cosmetics for your pirate. There was a lot of money to dump into those. I have not bought all of them because I'm a poor pirate because I usually go around, do stupid stuff and give. I, I think I did, the other day I did like two sea forts and I gave it all away. I'm weird when it comes to the game, um, but these are exceptionally expensive but they look really cool 
they look like Emporium content. I'm not going to lie. Uh, they look like a costume that they broke apart into different sets. And honestly, if they're going to do that and they're going to sell it for a lot of gold, I'm kind of here for it. So be on the lookout for those. Season 1 Legacy Cosmetics. There's a bit of hadoo about this that I'm not going to talk about because that's considered under NDA. Cosmetics previously available during Season 1 have now arrived in the Outpost shops for a sizable doubloon cost, allowing all players to add them to their collection for a price. Pirates can now purchase the Frostbite clothing set, the legendary hair, and beard, and items from the accomplished set. The time-limited Shroud Breaker items, however, remain exclusive to players who participated in Season 1. So, for those of you who love to have your exclusive content, your time-limited cosmetics, rest assured they will not be reintroducing those into the game. Everything else will be made available. Um, I'm very curious to see how they progress through the rest of the seasons to bring this content to the game that we knew was something they wanted to do at a much higher cost as a result of them coming later to the game. Um, something that I see with Destiny 2 all the time. I get engrams for the Eververse. Um, those engrams give me old seasonal content. There's like 17 seasons worth of content that I keep getting engrams for. Um, so at this point, I'm fine just getting it that way because I wasn't around and I'm not going to buy that stuff as I hit my microphone because I'm talking with my hands. Trading Company Voyages. When purchasing Trading Company Voyages, the company representatives will no longer will no longer only refresh their choice of voyages after a day, but will now refresh voyages as soon as one has been purchased when browsing the range of voyages available for your rank every type of voyage is now offered on the selection page for purchase pirates can now also purchase and hold up to 12 voyages in their inventory Buildrat voyages excluding the athena's run will not be counted towards this limit. Players visiting the Pirate Lord are also now presented with two full pages of voyages to choose from. Ladies and gentlemen, they have done the thing I have been wanting for so long. <laughs> I'm so happy. They finally did it. They finally did it. They finally gave us the ability to hold more than three voyages. <sighs> No longer do I feel like I will have to sacrifice a special voyage for the sake of trying to get something done. I will say that this is for newer pirates. And the reason I say that is because captaincy has alleviated a lot of this stress. But those voyages that you buy from captaincy come at a cost. They're typically more expensive in my mind than what you would normally spend if you were just buying voyages from the trade companies. They also don't impact your voyage limit too. But having up to 12, knowing that build rat voyages don't count for those is so fantastic. I finally feel like I can represent any of the trade companies with the voyages that I have in my hands when it comes to playing Sea of Thieves. And I love that because voyage completion right now is the thing I'm shooting for. I'm trying to get my gold orders. I'm trying to get my order souls. I'm trying to get my merchant alliance. I'm trying to get those all done because those are the few things that always pop up every time my game goes to idle. 
And I get that little sidebar that pops in that Xbox is like, hey, these are the achievements that you're low, that you're you're so close to finishing on. Those void completion ones are always the ones that pop up. They're always like, hey, by the way, did you know that you're not doing voyages for these trade companies, Mr. Five Years? And I'm like, oh, you son of a Xbox. All right, Phil Dominus Spencer, I'll do them. I'll do them because I have 12 slots now available for voyages. So next on the today's docket, uh, let's dive into, God, this episode's going to be longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, let's talk about the world event things. I'm going to shotgun my, my thoughts on the, the adjustments to the different world events and the, the big changes. So fog in the world, everywhere. I see it. Thumbs up. Awesome. Shipwrecks still need air love seeing them all about in the world but i want to be able to have those air bubbles the way they do on the veil voyage megalodons they're fine good awesome love them skeleton forts fine awesome love them thumbs up fort of fortune love them thank you you removed the captain wave i'm totally fine with that it's a lot of fun to do those i'm 100 fine with the the scaling on those and being able to do them solo thank you kraken thumbs down this is still boring it's still, it desperately needs a reimagining for the beastie. Um, Karen has long needed a, a bit of a refresh, both in loot pool as well as, well as like the, the actual danger that they pose. Um, Fort of the Damned, new ammo chests and armories, welcome change. Love it. Also love the fruit availability that's on the island now. Really beautiful. Love seeing that. Um, so thank you for those changes because I think that's going to make it a lot more uh, entertaining to actually be on those people still tucking on them too, though. Um, next captain's logbooks. This is going to be interesting because I think a lot of people may have already seen this and not understood what's going on. Uh, this is, um, captain's logs will now find that their trusty logbooks now chronicle the ships and, and endeavors each day, populating the pages with events encountering, uh, while sailing at the end of each day, the captain will bookmark the day's efforts with a hand drafted image of a memorable moment from the day. I've been thumbing through my captain's log at the end of the day uh, or at the end of a session, and I like it. I think it's adorable that it logs all the stuff that you do because some of the stuff that you do is kind of funny. Like you show up on an island, you die, you show up on the same island. That is all logged in the book. Um, and along with this new edition, the captain's log now requires players to press and hold to interact with it, preventing accidental use. Thank you. Thank you, Rare. I appreciate that. Logbooks acquired from sunken ships can now be stored in collector's chests and mermaid statues for safekeeping. A um, little bit of caveat to this. A lot of people have been seeing the waterlogged version of this, and they're not quite sure if this is a setting or what's going on, why all the uh, the, the the pages are blurred or smeared from the water. Um Thanks to Tomas, who uh, posted about this, and Shelly Preston, who actually responded. And then uh, Xbox My 29, who tagged me, so I got this uh, visibility. So um, from Shelly Preston, we have a hard technical limit on how many individual logbooks can exist at any one time because they all contain custom data about your specific session. Once this limit has been reached, we are unable to spawn new logbooks full of custom information. It was important that to us that the logbook still spawn when a ship sinks, as this is part of the physicality of the world, not to mention that it has a gold value to cruise. So rather than losing this part of the experience, we chose to portray them as, excuse me, as extremely water damaged and thus unreadable, yet retaining their gold value. 
Hope you're enjoying season nine. I really love that. I'm, I think that that should be made an option in your settings to allow you to uh, toggle that so that if it does sync and you do not want that information out there, that you can toggle that feature on. And then anytime you are sunk, your uh, logbook is then uh, wet and then water damaged. Just tossing that out there uh, as, a, as a nice way to, to do it. Like still keep it as like a baseline if you run into that limit. But for those of us, that um, don't want our information passed on after we sync because we're for whatever reason we just don't want that information passed on allow us to make it uh, waterlogged so that way it also reduces the number of individual logbooks that are retaining that information thus helping the stability or the health of the server whatever it is that it impacts uh, next up hunter's call the hunters call are desperate for patrons. Um, new signs have been put up at each of the sea posts saying direct deliveries desired sell to us the hunters call at sea posts to earn more gold when you do. And they aren't kidding, man. They're offering an additional 50% on the base of any meat, fish, chests, and gems that you turn into them. Uh, the reasoning behind this Sovereigns are now or sovereigns are now accepting uh, meat and fish to give you credit for those commendations as well as rep and gold at the standard reward that was being offered to combat them. The hunters call now have to incentivize pirates to do business with them. Some will say that if the hunters call weren't so out of the way compared to other trade companies, then more people would visit them. But at the end of the day, we'll have we'll never know the truth uh, of that matter. Uh, one thing is clear. They don't, uh, there doesn't seem to be any love between the Hunter's Call and the Sovereigns uh, with this update. And then I think the one of the last few things that I wanted to jump on because I'm looking at the, the time for this episode, uh, stashing quests. Um, is something that I think is, uh, is, is a, an interesting workaround because right now I think it is clear that Rare has no way for us to be able to discard messages in a bottle, but they know that it is something that we have been wanting. So they've developed a system that will allow you to quote unquote stash quests. Um, the way you can stash a quest is by hovering over it and clicking a specific button, regardless of, of whatever I say it is, look on your radial, it'll tell you what it is, but you can stash that quest. What it will then do is it will kick that specific quest to a hidden radial. You won't be able to access this radial, this quest radial, unless you have stashed quests. But once you do, you can access it and then bring those quests back to your active radial. What this effectively does is it gives you the ability to narrow in and focus on specific quests that you want to focus on. So for those of you that suffer from ADHD or from those of you that have too many quests, you pick up every message in a bottle, but you're trying to get those last couple quests that are all on the same island and you have three or four of them stacked and you just want to see those, you can now go through and systematically stash the quest. It doesn't get rid of it. It just hides it on a different radial. You can work on those other ones and then as soon as you do, you can go into your stashed one and it will pull, you can pull back some of those ones that were for other islands or for other tasks back to your active radial. Now, if this is the best way to approach this, I can't say without more time with it, but what I will say is that this is a fix 
that makes it better than the current system that we had prior to season nine, which means that I am all in favor of it because it doesn't harm anything that we do. It just adds options. Um, let's see. Oh, you know, there was one that I wanted to talk about as well, too. Uh, the Reaper's Bones outpost uh, representative, the, the skeleton that's hanging at the outpost at every um, at every emissary table uh, will now accept emissary flags recovered by cutthroat pirate crews in return for golden reputation uh, crews aligned with the servant of flame will also earn allegiance when cashing in these flags effectively equalizing the uh, outposts for all reputations which removes a lot of the risk that comes into uh, for reapers so if a reaper goes to an outpost um, and they want to turn in a flag or if you happen to be uh, going out as a, a trade company and you happen to sink a reaper or another ship and you want to turn in that flag but you don't want to have to sail all the way to reapers to do it you can now turn it into the skeleton that's hanging out at the outpost emissary table really love that i think it's very interesting um let's see there was one other thing the cursed mermaid statues and the reason i bring this up is because it was part of shrouded spoils and i talked about it last episode with shrouded spoils 2.0 uh cursed mermaid statues have now been rebalanced allowing allowing all sizes of crews the ability to destroy them for the precious gems inside sapphire emerald and ruby statues no longer require multiple crewmates to defeat all cursed mermaid statues now offer better rewards when destroyed with a chance of multiple gems for lucky crews with mermaids uh, mermaid gems becoming more readily available from statues pirates will no longer find them washed up on islands and only sapphire gems can now be discovered within shipwrecks very important to know the question remains is what is going to happen with the ashen thieves haven or no with the athena thieves haven run because that voyage in particular tends to be very heavy for mermaid gems and if you're hunting for mermaid gems that voyage if untouched may become the most reliable way to get gems from a voyage or out in the world Right. I think that is going to cover what I want to cover for the most part. We got a lot of the, the show notes in. There's still a bunch of stuff in the show notes uh, or not the show notes in the patch notes that I didn't cover. Um, but I think I want to save uh, any of those discussions to be had with the patrons. They're, they're going to be joining up next week. I can't wait to talk to them about this season so far to hear what they think of them um, to, to just hear stuff in general. So again, um, definitely make sure you're logging in. Make sure you're checking out the sales on the emporium if there's stuff that you want make sure you're you're, you're getting in for the uh, community weekend so that you can get those ancient skellies uh, please 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 check out that uh, documentary that they did uh, for sea of thieves that is probably already out right now um, i'm sure they put in a ton of effort into it and i'm sure it's going to be really interesting to see the making of sea of thieves so uh, pirates if you like this content feel free to let your friends know. Feel free to head over to iTunes to leave a five-star review that helps out the algorithm. Um, commenting on the YouTube channels helps the algorithm. Uh, liking, subscribing, um, uh, Spotify five-star reviews are fantastic. Uh, if you guys want more of my content, um, definitely head over to the Xbox Expansion Pass where I am the co-host for the Xbox uh, show there. Um, I talk about all the stuff with Luke Lore. We've been covering all the news for uh, Xbox 
Xbox and what's coming up in the future, stuff we're excited for, stuff we're checking out like Exo Primal, Diablo 4, we're, we're talking about Resident Evil 4, uh, we've been talking about Starfield, all kinds of stuff we've been talking about over there. Um, otherwise, Sea of Thieves news going to be right here for you every single week, every single Monday. I get it for you and I hope you enjoy it. So Pirates, with that, thank you. I love you and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. My name is Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of the DL Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Looking for an RPG podcast that isn't just D&D? Roll to cast is the answer. No, no, wait, sorry. What games have we played so far? Well, we've done Cyberpunk 2020. What does it mean? to have a voice. And there's going to be something big coming, Chumba. Hey, if you're listening, I want to beat you. You suck. There was a time when we were slamming things against our phones and... <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Chloe, Sam? You can't use those words! He's going to grab Vincent, press him against the wall. I mesmerize him. This is Adelaide's Anarch movement. First out of your chair, your hand goes to your gun and you draw. Hulk Cthulhu. Told you I had it. Oh, we've all got the creeps going. I love it so oh, yeah, much. Right there. Screechy child. <laughs> my favorite daughter. Maybe after what we just seen, we're feeling a bit trigger happy. And the new Cyberpunk Red. Babe, you're good, but better. Thought maybe you might be able to give me a counter-off. Straight through his neck. I don't see bone either, but I'm not gonna look. My leg's fine. I always knew you wanted to fly, kid. Come find me. Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. A new game every season. Original music. Original stories. Interviews with the creators. And delightful Aussie accents. Listen to us on all good podcatchers. Even support us on Patreon for bonus content. That's Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. Come discover a new world.